Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crosstalk. I'm John Wayne, and with me, as always, is pastor, friend, and, uh, yeah, a, a shining example. Oh, uh, man. I uh, like the turn on that. That's nice. It is, just don't mind that the shine mostly comes from the top of his head. Yes. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, sir? Fine. Uh, you? Good. I have there. I, I, I'm just for our listeners' sake. If you hear a child screaming in the background at any point <laughs> in this broadcast, not me. It's not it, me. No. <laughs> our, our crock. It, it, it's summer. It, you know, we our, our pool, our gym, all of that is very popular, and uh, you get lots of families. And sometimes pools are overwhelming. I too scream at the pool often, mostly because I don't like pools. Yeah. Um, this comes up often here. Uh, true. In fact, just the other day, one of the kids uh, at camp, because uh, we were near the pool and talking about things, uh, and he was like, "Do you do you go in there all the time? Because you work here." And I was like, "No, I haven't. I've been in there once in eight years, buddy." And he could <laughs> not fathom how I could dislike pools. Yes. But, uh, yeah. So yes, there we're busy here and and of course i'm i'm in close proximity to it so but other i'm much better than the screaming baby uh to your to your question <laughs> i'm not screaming yet today <laughs> no not yet the, the day is young it is uh we have a lot of day ahead of us but right now we've got a, a great episode uh ahead of us really in enjoying this new series we've begun uh, we try to have a little bit of a rhythm to how we plan our series. And so coming off of uh, summer break, wanting to look at something we always talk about here and there in episodes, but really send a spotlight to it um, in how our faith uh, impacts and affects those around us and, sh and, and really how it should lead us to that. Uh, others are uh, important to our faith uh, and, and our faith and how it affects them is important. And so kind of diving into that each week, uh, has been fun, um, and I, I think this week will continue as well because we have uh, some great guests with us. And so, for uh, without further ado, we have the lovelies, Paul and Elise Ryerson. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing pretty good. good. Yeah, good. Thank you for uh, joining. Uh, you you obviously aren't new to us. Uh, we we know you. Heck, you and Jonathan uh, have played in a band together, Paul. Uh, you know, once, once you play banjo with a man, you know, it, it changes the relationship. <laughs> it's true. It takes it to the next level. It does. It absolutely right. does. <laughs> um, but uh, for the sake of our, our listeners and audience, before we dive in, um, why don't you introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit uh, about you guys. Yeah. Well, we are Paul and Annalise. We are currently stationed in Gwinnett County. Georgia, and we are the the core officers of this wonderful congregation. Uh, you know, say anything? I think, think you pretty much that's covered pretty it. Much it, right? Yeah. <laughs> guess, that's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. Right. You have kids. Do you want to include the kids on that li list of identity, or or do they not count much? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely uh, definitely count. We have an eight year old son, Joshua who just started third grade today. And then uh, we have Eleanor who just turned five and she just started kindergarten yesterday. So it's been a big week. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's back to school week uh, for us here in Augusta as well. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting because you know kids take it all kinds of different ways. And uh, in fact, 
Jonathan and I were uh, just talking earlier about, you know, that that's the job we have is, is more important during this season, coming into a new year, maybe even a new school for some, um, you know, how we're there for the kids and our kids uh, is important throughout that season. So exciting times for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, again, just appreciate you joining us for this one uh, and, and your inaugural welcome to Crosstalk. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know, once you come on once, you're bound to be back. Uh, yeah. don't get much choice. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, no, we just when we find good good people, we, you know, we have to make up for Jonathan and I. You know, that, really, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all the money, all the budget, and fundraising for this show goes to the the guests. Um, you would get your checks, right? Yeah, I'll uh, we'll, we'll wait for those. They're in the mail. <laughs> They're in the mail. I'm sure yeah. they are. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but no. Um, so uh, this this week's a, a, a kind of a more serious episode, I think. I think we'll still uh, be able to uh, laugh and, and have uh, fun because that's just kind of who we are with it. But um, taking a, a turn a little bit towards more serious conversations, because I think the topics we've covered so far in this series are maybe a bit easier um, you know, when we're thinking of others, I, you know, I see someone who needs help. Uh, maybe it's money, a car ride. Uh, maybe it's just getting together and, and talking social stuff. We all do social stuff. That's easy. I can, mm. I can do that. Or, or, you know, and, and praying even, we talked about it, uh, a great bit with, uh, Jennifer Dooley last week. And although prayer is a very involving and spiritual thing, it can also be a very, at distance thing. Well, I'll pray for you. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into your issues or, or, or help you, but I can pray for you over here and in my own comfort and time. Yeah. But with leading others to know Christ, to evangelizing uh, others, uh, I think it has to be by its nature a little bit more hands-on. Uh, how would you describe, and we'll start with Jonathan just to, to break the ice, but uh, how would you describe a person's role in leading others to Christ, or maybe even how you see your own self in the role of leading others to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So evangelism is scary. It's, it's a, a scary thing for, for even those of us who have done it a long time, right? Because I don't want to mess this up. And if I mess this up, there's this connotation that, that if I mess that up, um, then I'm eternally setting that mess up for you, whoever I'm evangelizing forever. So it becomes very scary uh, in that sense. And, and what I try to do is kind of take that scariness off and say, you know, one of the things that, that I think helps me is I'm, I'm called to be faithful. I'm not called to, to know what the outcome is going to be. God handles that. If I'm just faithful, in saying, um, taking where the Holy Spirit leads me, um, right? Because we have this command, this commission um, of go and make disciples of all nations, right? That's Jesus commanding us to do that. So it's not, it's not like sometimes we take evangelism and say, well, that's not my gift. I'm like, sure, it might not be, but you still got to do it. Like it's still a command from God to do it. And so we try to take that that fear out of that. Well, one of the things you'll know, John Wayne, one of the things we do here uh, at our, at our church here at the crock um, 
is we we have the the try basket where it's literally encouraging one another just try just try to share the love of jesus with someone and if you do you know we have these little uh, ball pit ball things uh, that you would see at, at old McDonald's and in, in, in Chuck E. Cheese. I don't think they do them anymore, uh, probably for good reason. Uh, but, <laughs> probably very um, sanitary. Right. But but that you would then put that try. I tried. God is faithful in that and me trying. And so uh, for me, that helps alleviate that pressure of I'm not mm -hmm. God. I don't need to be God. I just need to be faithful. Sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, and I think back to even last week's conversation with Jennifer uh, as a good example of what you're talking about. Like Jennifer Dooley, uh, it, it, for anyone who doesn't know or if you listen to last week's episode and, and get connected with her, uh, gifted for prayer. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, they were very humble last week, but they are absolutely a prayer warrior. It's phenomenal to see. Uh, I, I, I said it last week. And again, I'd be happy to know that that sort of person is praying for me. Um I, you know, I'm not as uh, eloquent or, 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 or visionary with prayer, but prayer is still a part of my faith and my relationship, right? It, it, it can look different, uh, but there, we might only, it might be an episode or, or series in and of itself, but there's very few like hyper-specific things, I think, um, that are like, no, only the, the, the special really get tapped for that. Uh, by and large, otherwise, it's it's like you might be better or or lesser at some things, but we all yeah. play part as the body. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, we try to take the edge off here uh, of evangelism. Even the word itself, when whenever you use that kind of churchy word, uh, that's no, that's a pastor's. <laughs> that's a pastor. Yeah. yeah. You leave that to the professionals, right? right. <laughs> So speaking of professionals, uh, <laughs> Paul uh, and Annalise, what about you guys? How, how would you? <laughs> yeah, how that's would a good you... segue. Uh, that's impressive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, I would say this. Um, evangelism is, gosh, man, everyone has their own take on it, has their own skill sets or seminars, books, you know, all, the, all these things. We can make it as big as we want or as small as it can be right and there there was a shift in if you look at church history and you look at evangelism from the time of say biblical when jesus was still walking the earth with the disciples and you looked at evangelism then and then you fast forward to today they they don't there's something has happened where where we have shifted on our view of what evangelism is. Mm -hmm. And part of that, I think, is over the course of the, of the centuries and decades, is we have professionalized the church. So we have, instead of making, you know, the church at one time was just uh, sitting around a table and having a meal and, and sharing in each other's struggles and and, and building each other up and that sort of thing. And if you look through the scriptures, oftentimes, you know, most of our church in the book of Acts were under persecution. We're under these. So our, the message of the gospel was appealing of having this idea that this, that our, this one God sent his son to save us. Mm. Well, now, particularly in Western worlds like the United States, we really, you know, most the average American doesn't need someone to save them anymore. Um, the, the average American 
has a fantastic job, has their needs are covered. They're, they're not they're not desiring or in need of things. And so they're, they're not thinking, well, I need a savior. I need someone to come in and, and give me hope because most of them are building their own hope. And then, of course, throughout the church, particularly in the Western side, like us, we have professionalized it. We said, OK, we're going to start this this kind of thing we call uh, denominations. <laughs> and then we're going to have seminaries. Then we're going to educate you and we're going to certify you as a God, you know, as a minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So here's your piece of paper that I hang proudly on my wall, by the way, Here's your piece of paper. Yeah, my, mine's, mine's right behind the screen, right there. Uh, that we hang on the wall that says, yes, I'm certified to talk about Jesus. You know, really, listen, in real life, the paper really means in the U.S., I can marry you and I can do your funeral. You know? That's right. That's what it really means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we, because of this professionalism, this structure that we put in place, I think church members, just you know, those who are members of the church of the body of Christ have said, well, those church things belong to the professionals because we have placed value in that structure. Yeah. So now all the evangelism is up to your pastors, your deacons, your 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 you know, your youth ministers or whatever. We give it to them. And I, and I really think we lose something in that. I really yeah. do. Uh, and what it does is it creates an environment where, like you said, you know, you have the, the tribe basket. You know, just go out and try. Well, a lot of a lot of average church members don't they don't even know where to begin, right? They don't even really know where the first step is. And when they do think about it, they think of it think of it like, uh, well, I have to complete these five steps, otherwise it doesn't count. Yeah. Right. Well, I got to start this way. I got to do this. I got to do this. Yeah. And then they get scared about the product or they're scared of rejection or whatever it may be. But they said, you know what? You get paid for this. Or you let that <laughs> you you worry about all that. Right? <laughs> and and the reality, the outcomes of that is our churches get smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if you want to say anything on there. I think you covered it again. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it great how he does that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I've definitely had those uh, moments where people have even like bluntly and flatly said, like, that's your job, you yeah. know, and coming from church folks that are bringing, you know, me ideas of how to reach people. And it's just like, OK, yeah, if you if you want to do that. And it's like, no, I'm giving it to you. I'm telling you because it's it's your job. And it's a it's a weird place to be in, uh, you know, in, in the Salvation Army too. more more than anything like we we have a. Uh, you know, our, our pastors are officers. They, they lead not just, um, you know, the church, but the administration and everything. So our, our, our pastors, I think, are more involved than most pastors are. Uh, but nonetheless, I feel like we all fall in uh, a similar position where we're in the tension of if I wasn't here, they would do the job. But I'm here because it is my job and I kind of like having a job. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a weird place to kind of uh, exist uh, and, and it's hard to continue to uh, push and, and, and try and encourage folks to come alongside you in the efforts of evangelism. Yeah. Because um, re- really a, a lot of what our, our job falls to is, is equipping the saints. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're facilitating God's plan for those who follow him. And then those who follow him, and there's a whole church structure we could probably, again, we could do so many episodes, put a pin in that. Right. Um, but I think when you even get, to, like, like I said, evangelism, when, when we use those churchy words, like even theology, I, I, I said that, uh, I say it often in my sermons, but I said it recently in a sermon and somebody came up and they were like, you know, they should really come up with another word for that for regular people. Mm. <laughs> you know, it, the, the, the idea of theology doesn't just belong to seminary, um, you know, but we, we've set up that system, like you said, Paul. But uh, whenever we use those words, we, we classify them and think, oh, they belong over here. Uh, but when you kind of break down evangelism and understand it to just mean good news. Yeah. Right? Like you're, you're just telling someone at the very least, right? Or, or it's just the idea that you have received good news and anybody that does that, right? You're, you're going to express that one way or the other. And, and that's really what we come down to when we're talking about, and even the title for this episode, Leading Others to Christ. That's an intimidating concept. But really, if, if we take it down to the simplest, we're telling the good news of Jesus. Just share what's happened. You know, we call those testimonials. But even that word's starting to trigger people uh, on what that means. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Jonathan, you look like you wanted to say something, though. Always. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, it's you know, it's that thing. If you love a restaurant, if you love a movie, if you love a sports team, if you, you, you're going to talk about it. Like, it's just going to naturally flow out of you. Right. And and for those of us who are grafted into the body of Christ by the blood of Jesus Christ and the fire of the Holy Spirit, like it, we're going to love what God loves. Right. And what does God love? He loves all of us, mm. like us. That's what he mm. loves. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, I think about as you were talking, I was thinking about Penn Jillette, right, from Penn and Teller mm-hmm. uh, and and who's an atheist. It talks about if you if you believe that that Jesus Christ died for my sins and all that and you don't try to talk to me about Jesus how much must you hate me mm-hmm. to not and and I don't you know not to be so like I don't think any of us level that is if I don't talk to someone about Jesus I hate them but but it is that like if I feel led by the holy spirit and I ignore that that that's not good um and again it's that what I care about what I love is going to manifest itself out of me. Yeah. Uh, and the closer I get to Christ, the more that's going to naturally come where I don't even think about it anymore. It just yeah. happens. Yeah. I, t- I think uh, when, when it comes to, to, to the, the idea of evangelism, one, we overcomplicate it 100% of the time, right? We overcomplicate it. But two... Uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, I had this uh, opportunity to go and speak at a Presbyterian church on Sunday morning. So I got to come in and preach the the Sunday morning you know, sermon there. And it's the oldest church in Gwinnett County. They built in 1817, something like that. And they had me in there and, 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 and brought in a salvation army guy to go preach there. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is when the church was built, um, it's literally a church on top of a hill. It's got a nice little cemetery next to it. The white, the white 
steeple, the whole nine, right? So it looks like what your traditional church. When they built that in the 1800s, it was just a big piece of, you know, plot land, and they put a church there. You fast forward to today, the church is still there. The little, their little plot is still there, but surrounding the whole entire church is a shopping complex, and their next-door neighbor is an AMC movie theater. Hmm. So they, they, they border properties. And as we're, I'm going into church on Sunday morning, and I see the parking lot of this Presbyterian church, and I see the parking lot of this AMC theater right next door. Mm. And you, can, you probably see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Is that the AMC theater is packed Sunday morning at church time, right? Packed. And then you have your Presbyterian, obviously, you can count how many cars are there on the parking lot. And what got me thinking in my head is where has the church, where have we missed the mark as a church, as the church, to where that parking lot will always be full not only not only just full but that they will pay to be there and go into that and overlook the church completely right and i think it comes down to this simple idea that right now you know there's a lot of buzzwords and triggers and, and all kinds of things in, in, in the world but you know a lot of people you know when we use evangelism we say well come come as you are Right. Come as you are. Come as you are. And oftentimes when we say come as you are, we mean with these stipulations. Mm -hmm. Right. So come as you are with these stipulations where we as a church really have to start believing come as you are and then stop getting in the way of them having a personal interaction with Jesus, because at that point in time, you don't leave as you were. Mm. So you come as you are, but you don't leave as you were. Yeah. And that's the part where I think the church is scared. They say, come as you are, and they're afraid that the world is going to come and infiltrate the church and then take over the church. Mm. And I think if we truly believe this, we say, come as you are, we point the direction to the cross, get out of the way and say, let the Holy Spirit, let Jesus show himself to you. Amen. And then everything just happens the way that God designs it to have. You come as you are, but you do not leave as you were. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the world is going to come infiltrate the church and take over and then which can happen. Don't get me wrong. That can happen. Sure. But if but if a church is, is staying true to their to the belief of the gospel to the fundamental things that we know to be gospel truth and we don't waver on these things then it's safe for us to let anyone approach the cross yeah. and just say come and have an experience with jesus and then that's where true growth happens and you know what i would be willing to bet if we actually did that we would start seeing more cars in the church's parking lot than on the movie theaters park on a Sunday morning. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We we've gotten very tight knit as churches and, and almost made the entry a, a sort of procedure, you know, the things you've got to fulfill before going so far and do, and you've got to line up even with these sorts of beliefs and not even always religious beliefs. It, it's also, uh, you've got to line up with these cultural beliefs or these racial beliefs or these political beliefs. We have all of these things we check 
before someone really kind of comes in the fold. And that's why we get one person maybe every five years, you know, maybe one family every 10, you know, who knows. But no, I, the, the, the decline and not that evangelism inherently should be tied to uh, the life and longevity of the church. And by that, I mean, we shouldn't do it because we want the church to be big or to still be here in five years. That yeah. automatically is an improper foundation for evangelism. Uh, you're, you're evangelizing church, not evangelizing Jesus at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think, you know, motivations as to why. But again, if it, I, what we do see biblically, though, is if we are faithful, it will grow, right? Uh, if we plant the seed, it will produce fruit. Uh, and, and when you talk about evangelism, that means it will bring in others. It should. Yeah. Um, there, there's no, you know, uh, imposing criteria on that, that Jesus is just waiting with a bean counter of, all right, you know, Augusta's only gotten five this year. Y'all better step it up if you, you know, want those blessings for next year. It, it doesn't work that way. You know, like going way back to what you, you were saying, Jonathan, we just we have to be faithful. Um, and that's the big thing I think we've hit on before, too, is if it's not in us, if it's not in our faith and in our relationship with Jesus, it's not going to happen. Uh, you might be busy. You might do things, but, you, it, you know, the, the true growth and the, the true reach isn't going to happen, I, I feel, um, you know, it, it should be an outpouring of our individual and personal relationships with Jesus, right? That comes in and feeds the body. And then that body's faithful following of Jesus should outpour into the evangelism. And, and to go a step further for those as well, it doesn't have to necessarily uh, or immediately lead to church, Right. Mm -hmm. uh, right. You know, about the history, it, it wasn't always a building on Sunday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever, uh, you know, you do your midweek services, even it, it wasn't that it was the relationships between the people, between the groups, uh, which primarily involved food. So I'm already telling you, if you're doing food, you, you're <laughs> going to points right there. Hey, food is, <laughs> that was at the very beginning of the church. Absolutely. At the very oh, yeah. beginning. Yeah. Well, and and William Booth knew the the order of things too. You know, it's like soup, soap, salvation, right? You know, it's like it. a hungry man is not going to listen to the gospel. I don't care because you can't tell me <laughs> not going to listen to anything. Yeah. Well, you you can't tell me the good news is good if it hasn't led me to a full belly. Like, yeah, you know, there there is that's something factored into evangelism evangelism as well is the the it. it you can be as faithful as possible uh, and you can love the Lord with all of your heart and still come at evangelism wrong because of the person's uh, situation, right? Um, you know, and, and talking about our founder with the Salvation Army, you know, he, he often talked about how, like, you know, we, we can't get them connected to Jesus if they're too hungry to see any good in the moment right now. They're not going to they're not going to listen to that. And so it kind of goes back to our first episode in this series of recognizing the needs of the people, right? Mm -hmm. Just because you're passionate and want to take Jesus to the streets doesn't mean that everybody on the streets is in a situation or a place to hear that, receive that, or want that. 
um, something not often talked about with evangelism is the longevity it can take. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I had uh, back in Savannah when I was uh, at the Salvation Army Church there for uh, a while, there was uh, one guy who was just a hoot to ch- chat with. Uh, I, I used to be at the shelter and, and interact with a lot of the guys at dinner. I'd do dinner with them, and and that was my way of meeting new folks in the shelter, or even hey, do you need you know do you need more than just a night's stay? Is there something else we can do for you? Um, but he was consistent for eight years. He was called Bones, and uh, that was not his mother's uh, name for him. Right? That wasn't obvious. It's from Star Trek, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Star Trek! That made me sad. Um, <laughs> recent news, but anyway. Um, See, you can't do that to me. I am oh, sorry. Heck. <laughs> that was on purpose. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he, he, was, he would come in. He was a fun guy to chat with. He was really great. And I mean, he came there for years. Uh, and, you know, there was always the, you know, I'm just, I really, I need some good friends. I'm in a hard spot. Friends would help out. If I had people I could trust and all that, it had a lot of bridges burned. And, you know, I was always trying to connect. You know, we've got a lot of guys. I think you would really hit off with if you if you wanted to come uh to lunch sometime with me and some of the guys from church if you wanted to come to church i mean it took a long long time and uh it never quite got there until one day just at random he showed up I, it wasn't even one of the times i'd invited him mm-hmm. uh, i think honestly at that point i'd started to kind of veer off from that because i knew what i knew what he was going to say yeah. um but he came unannounced and on his own to church and it was a great day. And it was, uh, it just seemed like everything, uh, had fatefully aligned for that to happen. Um, and then come to find out the next week he'd pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, in retrospect, it was such a thing of just like all the, I had this bitter moment of all the work I did and he comes once to church and then that's all he gets. That doesn't hardly seem fair, mm-hmm. but maturing and recognizing that he got everything he needed one time yeah i thought no you need to come to church forever you'll eventually get what you want and you'll die happy one day but you know bones was a lesson no no he got he got everything he needed that sunday and it's not to say that everything works out in such hallmark circumstances but one of the things if we recognize that we don't do the saving right that's jesus Mm -hmm. that's the holy spirit amen that also frees us up from, right, hang on, I'm, am I not doing this right? Or why aren't they coming, right? Like I, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm filling up the tri-basket on Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all of these things. Why isn't it happening? It's, it's also not on you personally, uh, the time it takes for someone's life to align with, wait, no, kind of like what you were talking about, Paul, like realizing, no, I, I think I do need something I don't have. Right. Something I can't buy. I can't make. Uh, you know, I think I need something more. Uh, people go through a process. I don't know if 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 you all have had a similar experience or maybe you've had the alternate. You had I invite them to church and they're there the next day and, you know, all that. I, I don't know. I have not ever had that experience. It's always been an investment. <laughs> yeah. I've always looked at evangelism and kind of two perspectives and one is being intentional where like that's your focus that's what you're doing you go out you you know you talk to speak people specifically with the mind purpose of 
this is my goal for today is to bring one person. Um, and then I think of it as unintentional. And I think some of the most meaningful relationships um, have come through the unintentional. Yeah. Not to say that um, a seed hasn't been planted through intentional. And, you know, I have stories <laughs> with those kinds of things as well. But um, just waiting, even just waking up and thinking, um what is today going to be, you know, opening yourself up to, um, you know, who's going to stumble into my path or whose path am I going to stumble into, uh, which is usually the Sometimes case. Literally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and kind of letting your vulnerability down a bit or mm -hmm. just being vulnerable with uh, people. And I think sometimes it's easier to be vulnerable with complete strangers uh, than it is to be with, you know, people that you're surrounded by all the time. Yeah. Um, but just allowing the Lord to kind of, and living in a way that allows those opportunities to happen and not just shut it down where you are. And that, and to me, I think that's the, the easiest time is, uh, it's possible I may never see this person again. Why wouldn't I make a fool of myself, <laughs> you know, to progress the gospel a bit. Amen. And if we thought about it, maybe in those terms and, um, you know, I'm a person that gets embarrassed pretty easily. Um, but I've kind of had to push myself a bit, um, to say to that person in the grocery store or when I'm getting gas or, you know, wherever it might be that, what have I got to lose at this point? You know, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not losing face. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people feel that same way with, uh, you know, just rejection is something that is human. It's, it's a human reality. Yeah. It's just dealing with rejection. That's why, you know, we're cautious when, you know, when it comes time to ask the love of your life to marry you, we always have the fear of rejection. We always have, the, so, you know, evangelism is no different. And I'll just say, you know, my approach or my, the way I view evangelism First of all, I don't I don't view it as a as like a like a checklist thing or a piece of my account. Okay, well it's a Tuesday eleven to noon. I'm going to be evangelizing during that hour. You know, <laughs> uh, you know it, it's it's not that sort of thing, and it is something everyone is called to, regardless yeah. of rank or position. And where I have found the most success, and I, and I would say. You know, success can be defined so many different ways. But um, every day, every morning, my wife can tell you this. Uh, we leave the house and I go to every day the same exact Panera bread to get a cup of coffee. Mm. Uh, same one. I don't I don't go to a different one. I don't try a different place. Very faithful. I don't, I'm faithful to this Panera <laughs> bread. And I get the same cup of coffee, a hazelnut. I put cream, I put honey, stir it, and I'm out the door. And I walk and I go to church or, you know, every day. Well, by just the same routine that I do day in and day out. Now, I've been stationed here now. I've been living here for two years. Mm -hmm. When I go in now, it's like it's like an episode of Cheers. Yeah. I mean, you go in, it's like, Paul, you know, and, everybody goes, <laughs> and every, you know, and I, and I have literally have gotten to know every single employee. I have gotten to know, uh, their stories, 
Uh, my kids come in with me every now and then. They know my kids' names. And at one example that, that really comes to mind is the drive through lady. I remember coming in one day to Panera Bread, getting my cup of coffee, and the drive through lady, she, sweet lady, just came out. And I remember she took off her headset and she was talking to her fellow employees. That's it. I can't do it. I just can't deal with these people anymore. I can't do it. You know, talking about a, a rowdy customer that was going through the line, who was being demanding or whatever. And she's like, I can't do it. I can't. She took the headset off. She put it down on the counter. And then she walked right up past the counter and went to a, to a table and, and where the seating area and just sat down. Mm. And all the time I'm seeing this and I'm stirring my coffee going, okay, all right, I'm going to be a few minutes late to the office today. Yeah. yeah. So I walked over to the, to the table, sat down with her. And I said, all right, James chapter one. Mm. And we just had, I prayed with her. She's just, I mean, she's, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. She's doing, I mean, she's, she's got stress yeah. and she just, I was it. I just can't do this. And I just had that moment with her. And just by the course of my daily routine, I was able keep in mind for six months, I didn't come in every day saying Bible head, Bible head, Bible head. Right. Yeah. It was, I showed a genuine, I really care about you. And guess what? I'm kind of a normal guy, right? Great. I like, like the uniform. I'm, I promise. Yeah. Now, I, know, <laughs> I know I put honey instead of sugar in my coffee. I know that's different, but, but I'm kind of a normal guy. Like I've established a relationship that says when you're having your breakdown and I happen to be in that spot, uh, let's, 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 let's talk about this. Yeah. And to me, that's evangelism. Yeah. Um, it is just when you when it comes down, right, right, right. One, we said it already. We already we overthink it. But evangelism comes down to motivation and metrics. This is what it is. What is your motivation to to evangelize? If it's to come to my church, then yes, you're evangelizing the church, which, by the way, is what we do majority of the time. So the most of our evangelism is come into our church to you Sunday morning. We define that as success if you walk in the building. Yeah. So the first thing is we have to identify the motivation. The motivation should be just to the cross, to Jesus himself. Amen. This is the motivation of what, because we have the best possible news and it's not always found in our building on Sunday morning. So yeah. why wait till then, yeah. right? Why make that the destination? Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and make the cross the destination. Let's just get them there. Yeah. And the second thing is metrics. How are we defining it? Are we saying the metric is Sunday morning statistical number is our metric of success? If we say if we are using that as the sole metric, then we have we are missing the whole game. We're missing it all is that the metric for evangelism isn't a statistical count on Sunday, but it is a transformational moment. Yeah. Someone's life used to be like this. Now it's like this. Amen. That's the metric. Well, how do we know that? How do we get there? Well, that's where discipleship comes in, mm -hmm. right? So you have discipleship, and that's something that the church has. We've thrown out the window a long time ago uh, because we put mm -hmm. metrics on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've made Sundays transactional. 
Mm-hmm. And there, there's no room for the relationship and discipleship in that. It's it's that stats, right? What you count is what you care about. It's that stats over outcome. And I'm not saying stats are wrong or bad, uh, no, but outcomes matter so much more. And, you know, Annalise, I love the, the thought of the intentional, uh, where I'm being intentional right now, I'm going to walk around and do that. But then that unintentional, I love that thought because that is where, you know, for us might be unintentional, but God is definitely very intentional in placing these people in front of us. And, and if we are thinking in that way of unintentional chasing after God and where God's going, it just kind of leads to those kind of things. Cause I read, I read scripture and I think, you know, God was very, like Christ was very practical in his, in his giving the good news. Mm -hmm. Right. I think of the leper and and the leper, Jesus could have literally said, be healed and go away and it'd been fine. But that's not what he did. He touched the leper, right? The person who hadn't been touched in however long, because that's what he needed, the leper, Mm -hmm. right? To be welcomed back in, to not be rejected. He had been rejected over and over and over and over again. And so many of us feel that rejection over and over and over and over again. And God doesn't reject you Mm -hmm. no matter what. God doesn't reject you. And and I just, I, I read the scriptures of like Peter filled so much with the spirit that his shadow, when it would cast on people, right, would heal them. And I just think, why not me? Why not us? Why not we be so filled with the Holy Spirit that no matter where I go, whether it be a Panera Bread, whether it be an advisory board meeting, whether it be wherever, that that like you know who I represent, you know that hope is here, right? And and it is that looking for those unintentional things, seeing where God is leading and chasing after that and viewing people as Jesus does. Uh, and for me, like, it's easy for me to, cause I'm an extrovert. Like I am mm-hmm. all about, mm-hmm. like, I can talk to anybody. Yep. So, <laughs> right. Right. And I know there are people who are more introverted and I get that. And there's that, there's definitely that more a- emotional uh, draining that comes from that. Um, and working through those things, uh, is important. Um, but it's just, oh, yeah. I think that's a good example of how, like, you know, we, we need to be mindful of our gifts. And also uh, church leaders need to be mindful of the responsibility of directing gifts because sometimes it's not even just I, I'm introverted. I can't handle social interaction. Sometimes it's like I'm introverted. I have one good one in the chamber, right? Yeah, so like sure. Put me in the right place. Yeah. Because um, that, that too plays into the intentional versus unintentional. I'm a big unintentional uh, <laughs> person. Uh, it, I try to do everything in life unintentionally. <laughs> no, not you're, you're writing this down, Jonathan. You're writing this down. <laughs> you already did the review. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it might not have been entirely what you meant, Paul, but I do think sometimes we're too intentional Sunday to actually evangelize. I like, yeah. I've seen and been in so many situations with various churches uh, and even myself on, on a good intended day, I've been so serious with what I think is before me on making church happen that I miss the point of church even. Yeah. Um, 
And so, and that's why I say I, I'm very like when it comes to uh, let's get a cup of coffee. Like I'm so predictable. Uh, and also I just like coffee so much that people know if I ask that what I'm asking, yeah. uh, like, Hey, do you want to get a cup of coffee sometime this week? That like, it's like, all right, yeah, I'll bring my Bible, <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, but I, according to what Paul said, you know, like coffee and evangelism, if everybody drinks more coffee, <laughs> <laughs> was that the message? Oh, okay. All that's happened, I, you know, I have, we have our Starbucks, we have two, but we have one that's near the house and. All that's happened from the years of us using that one is that the the I don't know what kind of schedule he works because he's always there, but he's always the one at the register too. And for whatever reason, he can never remember my name, which is so strange because his name is also John. <laughs> always the funniest thing because we'll be talking, and it's just like, uh, what's your name again? It's like, it John. <laughs> so I don't know if it's a bit or what. I'm honestly too invested to, to right. if it is. But just start uh, running name tag. <laughs> but I, I think m more and and good things happen when, uh, much like we break Jesus free of the trappings of church, and I mean that from the the societal point, from the structure, right. Um, the Holy Spirit moves in holy places, I absolutely believe. And I believe when the faithful are gathered, that is a holy place. So yeah. I'm not against church mm -hmm. uh, as what it should be. But I think that um, it goes so much more beyond. When, when we take Jesus out of the trappings of the church, we take our faith outside of the trappings of the church, too. And that means I can be faithful at Panera Bread. I can be faithful in line uh, at Kroger. Uh, or wherever, wherever I find myself, when I see someone who might need something more than they realize, I can be the voice to that. I can be the aid to that. Uh, I can be whatever they, they need me to be uh, because I see an opportunity here to, to care for someone. Because that's, that's part of it, too. I mean, back to, to Jonathan, you know, your thing with Penn and Teller. Like, evangelism is love. Like, yeah. just loving people enough to take time to like do whatever you can to imprint something on them because yeah. i guarantee even if you just help this old lady load her groceries she'll be thinking about that on the car right like wow people don't really do that anymore that was that was really good and that that might be all that person needs you know you never know i'm a big butterfly effect believer right like one little thing mm -hmm. big catastrophic or wonderful circumstances mm -hmm. so who knows uh, how Granny's life may change by you helping load her groceries? Well, you're, yeah. you're not wrong. And I want to say, um, over my experience of being a Christian, not an officer, but just a believer, yeah. as the more that I have um, matured in my faith, I've come to believe and realize that the majority of witnessing actually has nothing to do with the verbal communication of the gospel. Yeah. And there are multiple times that I believe that there is someone in distress or some, or some situation where you know you can do something mm -hmm. and that those are there and God is really giving us an opportunity to put our faith into action. Mm. And it's the action part that will actually do the transformational part for them. Because we, in today's world, hear a lot of talk. 
there is a lot of noise, a lot of talk. People say a lot of things. Hmm. And to, don't, don't ask me why, but for whatever reason, a long time ago, God, through his son Jesus, said, Here, church, I'm going to give you the full credibility of the gospel, and I'm going to let you preach about me, teach about me, show people in the world about me, and I'm going to give that to you. And to this day, I still don't know why he's giving us his reputation right. to say, here is here is who Jesus is. Yeah. But in spite of our weaknesses, and sometimes just we plain get it wrong, uh, despite that, he is still powerful enough to overcome us Amen. to still change lives today. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a growing process and maturity process within the church is when we realize when we actually get to the place where we accept and embrace less of us and more of him. Amen. Absolutely. Well, yeah, he's a redeemer. He'll redeem even our most awkward conversation uh, or, or act, you know. Uh, when you said that, Annalise, it reminded me of an uh, artist I follow, Rami Zur, and he has one piece. He does just little pieces and a little quote at the bottom, and it's just sometimes so powerful. And it was one of a person on a stage, and it was like, you get the stage one time in life. Why would you be uh, afraid of failing? Mm -hmm. You know, like we we're, we we only get the one opportunity. Why like why be so worried about wasting it? Like let's let's use it to its fullest. Yeah. Um, and, and I, 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 huh? Say get on with it. You know what yeah. I mean? I went, and you know, as you're talking, Paul, it makes me think of you know Spurgeon. Uh, had yeah. Many a good quote, but he, you know, he talked about how you know, if if uh, a man's uh, wages were his acts, right, then his his deeds would be dollars and his words would be pennies. Uh, and you know, we're going to get a lot farther with what we do uh, because love. Uh, and, and care uh, and concern show up so much more in your presence and in your engagement. It doesn't mean buy them the iPad. They'll know that, that you love them. But it does mean, you know, it's like, hey, like actually be there, right? Don't send a sad face emoji. Don't, I'll pray for you them, right? Like be there. You know, that, that can be the biggest uh, thing you do for evangelizing or reaching them uh, for Jesus, Uh because certainly, you know, you, you know, you talk about that. He sent Jesus. He did an act to show us his love. Therefore, our, our love for others is going to show up in action. And it's it's not a five-step process. It's not going to be in those chick tracks. Please stop handing those out. Uh, it's going to be in the relationships you build with people. Maybe at Panera Bread. Maybe mm -hmm. at Starbucks. Maybe at your grocery store. You know, I, I definitely I love all all of this and 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 certainly hope that maybe we've and it, it kind of always is I, I don't think we chose as crosstalk we're going to champion like dismantling misconceptions about church stuff but it kind of just happens but hopefully we've taken away uh, through this uh, wonderful conversation some of the stigma of evangelism and what it is and maybe uh, uh, maybe reminded some folks that y you can do it <laughs> you should do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I, as always, I think the biggest thing is if if you want to go further with evangelism, go further with your personal faith, right? If you're looking for, all right, this was a great episode. Next steps, go just go further with your faith because if you if you love Jesus, it'll show. 
Like we can't drive that nail any deeper than it is. If if your faith and your your following of Jesus is is real in your life, it, it'll it'll come up. You'll be equipped and ready, and and you'll be able to perceive that moment in Panera, right? Because that's something too. If we're not faithful, there there's opportunities aplenty that we just cannot see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the the rest will follow. And I and I know there's probably some brass, there's some church person listening to this, and it's just like, but what about the doctrines and all that? Education will happen. It'll happen naturally. Let's just start with loving people, and the rest will follow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But yeah. So uh, Paul, Annalise, wow, thank you so much uh, for joining us for this one. Uh, we again, budget well spent. That's uh, right. I promise those checks are in the bank. Uh, <laughs> just don't, yeah. don't forget it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and so, yeah, definitely. Again, you, you've come once, now you're going you're gonna to be stuck with us uh, for, for plenty more, and especially after such a lovely conversation. But um, looking forward to, we've got one more in this series, I believe. Yep. John, one, one more? One more. Uh, but that's not going to end, I'm sure, the conversations on others no more than this series has ended our conversation on faithfulness and holiness it if you haven't caught on yet it all folds into each other uh and, and we just hope this silly little podcast has somehow uh been fruitful been encouraging been good for just one amen um jonathan would you mind closing us uh on our time in prayer this sure episode? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the uh, ability to come together and to talk about uh, your will for our lives. Uh, today, we ask that you would continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Father, may we be faithful uh, to what you have called each of us to do, uh, and may we boldly step forward uh, in that faithfulness. Father, knowing that you, um, you hold the outcomes of all that, and so, Father, we just we ask that you would continue to use us. Uh, and today, uh, I pray that you would give us at least one that we may share your